Mr. Richard, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ, a raised walk in new life. Now, Miss Vicki Carrington. Miss <laughs> Vicki, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bear with Christ and raised to walk in new life. <laughs> and next we have Miss Casey Fleming. Raised to walk in new life. There's plenty more. We have more coming. This morning we also have Miss Kayla Garcia. Deep breath. Miss Kayla, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bury with Christ. And raised to walk in new life. Next we have Miss Crystal Neal. Miss Crystal, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bear with Christ and raised to walk in new life. Miss Michelle Hernandez. Miss <laughs> Michelle, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ and raised to walk in new life. <laughs> Next we have Miss Amanda Amador. Amanda, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bear with Christ and raised to walk in new life. Now we have Miss Linda. Miss Linda Marshall comes this morning as well. Miss Linda. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ and raised to walk in new life. We also have Miss Pat Weber coming this morning. Miss Pat, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ. And raised to walk in new life. And we have Pastor Glenn coming this morning to baptize Mr. Asher Miller. 
sure have you trusted Christ as your Savior and Lord? Baptize you, baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This morning, Think of a better way to start a service than baptizing 10 people. I believe Brother Nathan Barr was getting tired, but that's okay. Not a better reason. You'll notice our sound system's a little different this morning. We've had a uh, crash and burn of the other system, but we don't care. We've got more, mouth, more sound going, and we're here to worship the Lord. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, right? Would you stand with us as we sing the solid rock? Hope is
Let me just ask you to pray for these this morning, uh, especially remember Damien uh, Dickard, still at Children's Hospital in Fort Worth there with leukemia. Uh, we got some recoveries. I see Brother Thurman McGuire here. He's recovering. And Gracie Lonneray uh, and Donna Stevens, Shirley Stouch, Gloria uh, Williams all had surgery and all recovering there. Uh, remember Miss Carolyn Barnett. Uh, we, we love her. I know she's watching this morning. She always does. And uh, she's moved to Grapevine, but what a precious dear saint of God. You remember to pray for her. And then Brother Case has COVID uh, with a little C. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, a little or whatever, but pray for him and pray for uh, all the family there during this time also. And then Tommy and Lena uh, Williamson uh, also and uh, Lane with COVID to remember them. Got several that are recovering from cancer, they're in treatments. And folks, don't ever quit praying. Uh, the cancer is one of those things that you'll have a good day and there'll be a bad day and two good days and just rejoice and pray. Lift these up, uh, Miss Sheila Connor and, and Miss Carolyn Northcutt, Janelle Brown, Laquita Cummings, George Strain, and uh, Rhonda Rancourt. Then remember Betty Wilson and Betty Hutton, both of those. And then uh, this last week, Leanne Spencer and Teresa Gibson's father passed away. Uh, remember that, that family there. Uh, and our government officials, and our military people that are standing in the gap for us today. And we don't need to ever forget them uh, because of the job that they're doing for us and for our freedom. And then one praise, you know, I know this don't have anything to do with church. Just stone me at the end if you want to. But I am so thrilled that our 12-year-old baseball team from Hallsville won state championship. Levi Bird is on that team, and I know some others too, so uh, they'll be representing the state of Texas in the World Series this week. So praise the Lord for that. That makes me feel good as a 67-year-old man. I can imagine what it does to a 12-year-old. Uh, so praise the Lord for that, all right? Pray with me. Father, we're grateful for the opportunity you give us to be in this place this morning. We want to stop and say thank you for those who've been baptized this morning, whose lives have been changed, those who've said, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to make him Lord and Savior of my life. And I pray even today, There'll be an example for others that are sitting in this place that what they need more than anything else uh, is just a, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, let that happen today. Lord, we thank you again for the music, for the ones who are playing the instruments and singing. And all I thank you, Brother Darren, filling in for Brother Aaron. I pray you'd be with them as they're on vacation. And uh, we thank you that you brought us back to this place to worship you today. We love you. And we're, we're excited about what you're going to do in the next few moments. Have your way and your will in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Our scripture this morning, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Psalm 85, 6. Amen.
And we're winding down in the book of Exodus. We've been here for a good while. I want to say thank you to all these sound guys and all these people who are just doing multi-talented things around here. Praise the Lord. I was worried in the first service that uh, uh, they were going to see my bald head here and Joshua's bald head there. But bless God, he left. Amen. So it's just me. All right. I was reading an illustration of Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. They were on a camping trip. And uh, Sherlock wakes up in the middle of the night and he woke up Watson and he said, Watson, open your eyes. Look up. Tell me what you see. And Watson said, well, I see stars, millions of stars. And Holmes says, well, what does that tell you, Dr. Watson? He said, well, astronomically, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, it tells me that Saturn is in Leo. Homologically, I deduce the time as approximately a quarter past three. Meteorologically, I suspect that we'll have a beautiful day tomorrow. And theologically, I see that God is all-powerful and we're small and significant. And he looked back to Sherlock Holmes and he said, What does seeing the stars tell you? Sherlock Holmes looked at him and said, It tells me that you're an idiot. <laughs> Somebody stole our tent. <laughs> Sometimes you can be looking right at the obvious and miss it. Amen? And that's kind of what happens here in chapter 33, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand, please, and honor God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. The Lord said unto Moses, Depart, go up hence thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, Unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I'll send an angel before thee, and I'll drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, unto a land flow with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee. For thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned no man did put on him his ornaments. For the Lord had said unto Moses, saying to the children of Israel, You're a stiff-necked people. I'll come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross. Lord, thank you that when the world doesn't understand it, the people didn't understand it, we don't even fully understand it ourselves. Through your love and mercy, you love us so much, you are willing to give your son to die so that we could live. I pray today that would sink into our hearts and minds today. Lord, we seek your face. Ask you to make yourself known in this place. 
And we'll praise you. You're excited about what you're going to do in the next few moments. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. It's just in a little review. We're winding down. We've been in the book of Exodus. and We're kind of winding down, getting ready to move on to somewhere else. And Moses was the third child born to Amram and Jochebed. And he was rescued miraculously. He was placed in the Nile River. And Pharaoh's daughter heard him crying. And she rescued him. And then she hired his own mother to take care of him and raise him. The bottom line is Pharaoh footed the bill for all the diapers and pull-ups and, and uh, formula and everything else, the shots and vaccinations and everything, and he paid the whole bill for it. That's how good God is. Amen? And then, of course, he was raised in a very great education, philosophy, military strategy, law, engineering, and yet his mama also taught him about the Hebrew God, Yahweh, and to worship him. And at 40 years old, he saw an Egyptian abusing a Hebrew, and he murdered the Egyptian. And for fear of that, he left and went to the backside of the desert. And he married and had two children. And it was there on that backside of the desert that uh, a bush spoke to him. And actually, the bush didn't speak. It was God speaking through the bush. But the bush never consumed. And the bush told him, God spoke to him and said, Moses, I want you to go and deliver my people. Now, of course, he did everything everybody else would do too. He started making excuses. I can't do this. I'm not smart enough. I can't talk clear. And you remember, finally, Moses said, all right, if I go, and they asked me, I mean, they've been in bondage now for 400 years. Who am I to go over there and tell them I'm here to deliver you? Who do I say sent me? And God said, you tell them I am sent you. I am that I am. Aren't you glad when you ain't, he still is. Amen. <laughs> I tell you, whatever you need this morning, he's your I am. And then, of course, the plagues come. And, and he talks about the plagues, the water turning to blood, and the frogs, and the lice, and the flies, and the livestock pestilence and the walls, and the hail, and the locusts, and the darkness. And then it finally uh, finalizes with every firstborn child in Egypt dying during the night. And then, of course, they, they, they say, get out of here. And they go, and they're up against the Red Sea. And they can't walk on water. There's nowhere to go. Here comes the Egyptian army in on them. That rod that God been on from day one. Listen, God never leave you nor forsake you. He raised it up. The Bible says they walked through on dry ground. It wasn't boggy. It wasn't damp. It wasn't wet. It was dry. The Red Sea standing up on the walls of water. And there are three million of them going through on dry ground. Then they look in the rearview mirror and here comes the Egyptian army. And God closes up the Red Sea and destroys that entire Egyptian army. Wow. Then Moses goes up Mount Sinai. He's getting the Ten Commandments. He's been up there 40 days. God and him having a great time together. God says, Moses, you better get down, down to the bottom. People down there have done corrupted themselves. They've worshipped in a golden calf. Moses, of course, went down 
He made that famous speech. We, we actually didn't look at it. It was a week and a half ago on Wednesday night. Some of you wasn't here that night. Our Wednesday night crowd's not quite as big as our Sunday morning crowd. But he made that famous speech. Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come. What a wonderful time for a spiritual awakening. What a wonderful time for the glory of God to fall. What a wonderful time for the people of Israel to say, Lord, we blew it. We've sinned. We know we've sinned. We've done wrong. And we're sorry for it. We repent of it. But not a one of them came over except the tribe of Levi. 3,000 of them were destroyed. I just wonder this morning, what, what is it going to take to get your attention to say, Lord, here am I. I'm going to follow you. What, 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 what would it take? I mean, how do you come from being God's people? Israel was God's chosen people. And I got news for you today. They're still God's chosen people. Israel was God's chosen people. They're going to a land of milk and honey. They're going to Canaan land where God said they could have. How do you come from being so blessed of God and watching miracle after miracle after miracle to a place where you're so disappointing to God that God says, you go on where I told you you could go, but I'm not going with you. I ain't going with you. And the reason I'm not going with you, because if I did go with you, I'd probably kill every one of you before we got over there. That's what he says. Well, I know first of all here in this scripture that the presence of God is of utmost importance. I mean, we need the Lord. Boy, we need the Lord. Verse 16, wherein shall it be known? Moses is coming right back when he said, I'm not going. He said, wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated and I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth? He asked two questions. He said, God, how in the world are we going to be able to tell everybody else that we found grace in the sight of the Lord if you're not even with us? And then he said, Lord, isn't it the fact that you're with us? Isn't that what makes us different from everybody else? Lord, if you don't go with us, we're going to blend in the whole world. We're not going to be distinguished. We're going to be uh, just a regular old people there. We're going to pass by these Amorites and Jebusites and Gergesites and Hittites and Perizzites and Hivites and Jebusites and any other site there is there. We're, we're going to fit in like everybody else. We're just going to be one of the crowd. You see, the only thing that distinguishes us God, there's only one thing that makes us different from everybody else, that makes us stand out, that makes us uh, separated, that identifies us, that makes us peculiar. It's not the makeup we wear. It's not your jewelry this morning or your WWJD bracelet. It's not your coordinated socks and, and uh, 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 handkerchiefs and ties. None of that is what it is. The thing that separates the people of God from everybody else is the fact that God is with us. Yeah. Nothing else matters. The presence of God is important today. And I want to just be honest with you. If there was ever a day when the people of God needed to be separated and distinguished, the day is today. Today is today. Boy, we, uh, we're living in a world where everybody calls everything something from God. I mean, we've got people... Mm, 
barking and laughing and all of that. It's all from God. No, it's not. That's crazy. It's not in the Word of God. And then we've got Christians who call themselves Christians that have no idea what it means to really be walking with God. What it means is that when I get up in the morning, God is with me. God goes with me. When I go to work, God goes with me. When I go to church, God goes with me. When I'm in the middle of a battle, God goes with me. We need a desire for a holy, righteous God to go with us. And I wonder... I wonder if maybe the reason we're not standing out a little bit more than we should and that we're not is maybe God's not going with us. Maybe we're going by ourselves. Verse 9, I love this. It came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, a cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And listen, don't miss this. And the Lord talked with Moses. <laughs> Verse 11. The Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Let me ask you something. When's the last time God spoke to you? I'm not talking about now I lay me down to sleep or Lord thank you for the food. I'm talking about when's the last time you've been in a place where you and God just spoke. And you knew God was all over. I don't mean to just call him when we're hungry or call him when we're thirsty. I'm talking about a regular fellowship. I need thee every hour. Oh, I need thee. In fact, we don't need him every hour. We need him every minute. We need him every moment. Is God with you in your marriage? I mean, is God with you? Or have you already made up your mind what your marriage is going to be? Is God in you in your work job? Or you say, well, no, get back and read the Bible every once in a while. If you're hired by an employer, you're expected an honest day's work. You try to get out of that any way you want to. Any way out of that is going against the Word of God. If you're an employer, you're expected to treat your men and women with dignity. That's, that's part of the Word of God. Does God work in your place? Or if you just made up your mind, you're going to go it alone. How about the times of sorrow? Every one of us have those times. The trials, the tribulations. Verse 17, the Lord said unto Moses, I'll do this thing that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight. And hit if there wasn't so many wires up here, I'm telling you, I'd have a Baptist fit right up here on this stage this morning. I love this next part. And I know thee by name. Have mercy. I guess without any reservation, the most frustrating thing of being pastor of this church is trying to remember names. I take, I don't know, 10, 11 kinds of medicine. I Children say I'm a walking drugstore. I blame it on the medicine. I blame it on getting old. I, I just, you tell me your name and three minutes later, what was that name again? I, mm, but I won't tell you. And then I want to tell you the second most fretful time as a pastor of this church is when folk come to make decisions and I can't read their name. 
I don't know if it's Hebert or Hebert. I, you know, I don't know French or, or Louisiana Cajun or what. You know, could I tell you we've got a God who's never mispronounced one name? He knows every name in here. You can be a hobo on the street. You can be a drunk leaning over a commode throwing up. You can be a rich man sitting in a mansion. Or you can be a nobody. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords knows your name. He knows you. <laughs> he knows me. Wow. The presence of God is important. Is it important to you? Let me give you the second thing. Because I jotted down these things that keep us from seeing the glory of God. I mean, who in their right mind wouldn't want the glory of God to come? Who wouldn't want that? Well, the first thing that keeps us from seeing the glory of God is people are bored. They're bored. Now, they're not mad and they're not hostile. I'm looking at a lot of you today that you're not antagonistic and you're not hateful. You're just bored. I mean, I don't know what God's going to have to do. You already shut down Luby's, so you can't get out of here and go to Luby's. <laughs> you younger people have no idea what I'm fixing to say, but you old people will remember it. Doris Day summed it up very well. Que Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. Amen? And that's the way most folk are in the church today. Hey, whatever there is, whatever it is, que Sarah, Sarah. I, I, listen, Moses is not like that. Do you want to experience the glory of God? You say, well, we don't have anything else to do and you can get out of here by noon. I'm all right for it. That wasn't the attitude of Moses. He's seeking God. He's eager for God. He's, at, whoo, he's asking God for big things. Did a little soul searching this week. Vacations are good for that. <laughs> God has been so graciously good to us. I mean, words cannot. Words can't explain. And I'm wondering if he's through. Is he through? I mean, is our attitude, hey, we're paying everybody and we've got a great staff. We have a great fellowship. Man, it just seems like the Spirit of God's here. Is He through it? Is God through it? Hey, what if God wants to build a new two, three thousand seat auditorium over here? Is He through it? <laughs> We're getting ready to venture into a new Christian school, and people will, I've already had people say, Preacher, you know, my tithes, I, I'm not sure why I'll give my tithes for that. You know, <laughs> So you don't think our young people and our children are important enough to invest in them? Are we through? Is God through? I don't think He is. I want to tell you, I'm not bored here. I'm excited. And when you get bored, <laughs> uh, I broke my kids from saying, I'm bored, there's nothing to do. I broke them from sucking that egg. I can't tell you. It didn't take very long. Moses said, oh Lord, let me know you. Let me know your ways that I may know you. That's the heart of Moses. Psalm 103 says this. God made his ways known to Moses, but his acts known to the children of Israel. You say, preacher, what's the difference? The difference is this. 
Moses got in on the inner workings of God. He knew God. God talked to Moses. Now the other people, the whole nation Israel, they saw what God did. They saw the acts of God. But they don't know the inner workings of God. Let me ask you this morning. Are you going to be satisfied just to see that God's a great God? He's awesome. He's doing great things. Or do you want to get in on the ground floor and say, God, I want to be in there. I want to know you're working. I want to know you. I want to seek you. That's what Moses is saying. Jeremiah 29, 13, we quoted, You'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. John Piper said this, he said, if you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it's not because you've drunk deeply and are satisfied. Now let that soak in. It's because you've nibbled so long at the table of the world, your soul is stuck with small things. I submit to you this morning, we've been so busy with all the junk and all the small things. That the glory of God, the greatest thing that we could have, we've neglected. We're tied up with Facebook and Twitter and movies and TikTok and internet. We stuff our souls with the things that don't matter and the greatness and the glory of God. We just miss out on them. It's just more, <gasps> would you hurry up and get through? When I see somebody do that, it just adds 10 minutes onto the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Many don't see the glory of God secondly because of pride. Pride is a secretive thing. Proverbs 6 says there are six things which the Lord hates, yea, seven, that are abomination. Number one on the list is a proud look, haughty eyes. You say, well, preacher, I, this is just my look. I look like that. I'd go home and I'd get in front of a mirror and I wouldn't leave for three days until I could find a look that didn't look prideful. Because God despises the proud. Proud people think, hey, I can do it on my own. You, you humble yourself. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God is what the Word, the word of God says. In Revelation uh, in chapter 3, uh, the seven letters to the churches there, before the Lord comes back again, He speaks in that last uh, part of chapter 3. And he says that uh, you're the lukewarm church, the Laodicean church. And because you're lukewarm, you're not hot, you're not cold, you're lukewarm. He said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Mm. And then he goes on in verse 17 and says, you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You see, you're, you're self-sufficient. You think you've got it all. And then in that same letter, in verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. And we use that for evangelism. And I'm okay with that. That's okay. But that's not the context of the Scripture. The context of the Scripture is the Lord Jesus Christ is knocking on the door of the church outside trying to get in. That's what He's trying to do today in churches. I'm on the outside. If you'll open the door, he said, I'll come in here and I'll sup with you. You go ahead and have church. And you go ahead and do what you got to do. You got the bulletin. God telling us the same thing he told the nation of Israel. Go ahead and go with your bulletins. Go ahead and go with all your activities. Go ahead and do everything you got. But I'm not going with you. 
I'll send an angel and he'll help you, but I'll tell you, I'm not going with you. Because if I went with you, I'd probably wipe all y'all out. And then the third thing here that, that keeps us from seeing the glory of God is sin. And I'm not just talking about any little sin. I'm talking about blatant sin. When you're talking about worshiping a golden calf out here, brother, that's pretty blatant. That's pretty just out in the open. And they're worshiping this calf. 90 days before they were worshiping God. A few weeks before, 40 days before they were worshiping God. They said, it, it, we got to have something we can see. Something we can feel. You say, I don't understand God. You never will. That's why He's God. It's a horrible sin. In fact, Deuteronomy 9 says that if Moses had to pray for Aaron, God was going to kill Aaron. Why about the whole bunch? Maybe this morning you don't have a golden calf, but something's keeping you from really worshiping God. Maybe sports, maybe I blame my workout regime. You know, that's why I never go work out, because I don't want it to get in the way of me serving God. But Miss Pat. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to get a workout re regime. Amen. Uh, it may be money. It may be your job. It may be your family. Anything that you let come between you and God is your golden calf. And then the last thing that keeps us from seeing the glory of God is the fear of the unknown. We're afraid of what God might do. Hmm. You say, oh, no, preacher, we'd love for God to... No, let me tell you, if the glory of God fell in this building this morning, most of us would knock each other down trying to get out of here. Hmm? I'll tell you one thing we wouldn't do. We wouldn't be worried about what time it is. If the glory of God fell, we wouldn't care what time it was. We wouldn't be trying to grab our purse to try to get out, to try to get out here in the parking lot so we can peel rubber and get out of this place. We'd be concerned that anything in my heart might keep God from moving in this place. And we fall on our face and say, oh God, we might not even be able to speak. We'd be a people who would offer forgiveness. If the glory of God failed, we suddenly would become forgiving in heart. And say, look, this is not worth it. Why am I carrying this bondage? Why am I holding on to this? My soul, I can be in the presence of Almighty God. But not while you're holding on to unforgiveness. We'd be willing to obey the Spirit of God implicitly. Let me just give you this last thing and I'm through. I'm out of here. Let the glory of God fall. If you don't want it to fall, <laughs> I think when it falls, you'll enjoy it. I think when you see God move, there's a desire here. Moses said, God, you got to go with me. you got to go with me. Let me ask you something. Is God invited where you go? <laughs> now, I know He is on Sunday morning, but I'm talking about Saturday night. Is God invited where you go? When I see young couples sit down and we start planning marriages, first thing I want to say is, hey, is God going to be invited here? 
Because if the Lord's not going to be invited, I'll be so honest with you. Go down to the courthouse and get you a certificate and save your money and, you know, go on. If God's not going to be invited. You see, we use God like a bell hop. Ring, ring, ring. Spare tire. Y'all ought to be ashamed. None of you. I, doubt, I dare say there's not a one in this building that checked their spare tire before you came to church this morning. But you run into a neighbor on the way home and you're going to check it. And that's the way many people did with God. God, I'm okay. Everything's flowing good. Everything's good. No problem. But you let trouble come. Oh, God. How did I get here? You see, there's a, a deal that, hmm, there's a lot of people shouting at church and cussing at home. God wants to go with you. He wants to go with you, young people, when your parents aren't anywhere around. He wants to go with you when you're looking at the computer screen or on the job all by yourself when your spouse is not with you. Verse 13, he said, that, Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way. You see, Moses is saying, Look, God, if you go with me, I get direction from that. I know when to speed up and I know when to slow down. I know what I can do. I know which spouse to marry. I know what car to buy. Look, the bottom line is this. Nobody ever got lost following the Lord. When He goes with you, you don't get lost. You know, men are bad about that. My wife told me, stop and act. Stop and act. Go back to God wants you to see the scenery that we're going through. I drove the bus out to the Blackberry Farm the other day. I had 15 senior adults. This is the wrong way. This is the wrong way. I was following my GPS, and God knows we went down some narrow roads. It was bad. I said, look at all this scenery. I just wanted to bring you along for education. Then verse 30, uh, verse 15. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, then carry us not up there. In other words, God, if you're not going to go, I'm not going to go either. You ever tell your wife that? She said, let's get a hamburger. Okay. Well, no, you go get the hamburger and then bring it back. I said, no, if you're not going to go, I'm not going to go. Huh? I know that hits some bells. I see some <laughs> elbows right now. Huh? <laughs> he said, look, if you're not going to go with us, God, then we're not going either. Choir member, when you get up in the choir, does God go with you to the choir? Soloist? Instrumentalist? Preacher? Sunday school teacher? Does God go with you? You say, oh, well, they're so talented. So are they on American Island. That don't mean nothing. Listen, out here in this world, there are people who can sing better than you can. There are people who can preach better than you can preach. There are people who can teach better than you can teach. You say, well, what makes the difference? The difference is that God goes with us. When you see a soloist standing here, the glory of God's all over them. Hallelujah. You know God's with them. You don't have to ask that question. 
And you don't have to play it. God's my favorite person. You know, and all that. You ever, you ever deal with people that say, he's a good friend of mine. And I thought, well, good grief. I met him one time. I don't know what constitutes a good friend. Hey, that's not what he's saying. I'm saying, does God go with you? Is he with you all the time? Do you acknowledge him? You're different. You're separated. You're distinguished. And then in verse 18, he said, I beseech you. Lord, I beg you. Show me thy glory. He's got a desire to see the glory of God. And then he's, in verse 20, God says, you, you can't see my face. and No man can see me and live. But he said, I've got a place. Listen. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. Thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passes, that I'll put thee in a cliff of the rock. I'll cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I'll take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. You know what God tells Moses? Moses, you can't see me because if you saw me, you'd die. You can't handle it. But I'll tell you what I got. I got a place right here by me. And I'll put you in the cleft of a rock. And I'll take care of every need you got. I'll take care of whatever need you got. The Bible says in Psalm 91 verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When's the last time God brought you to a place? Man may have been through a storm. Man been through a sickness. May have been through just tribulations or difficulties or satanic darts. God stretched his hand out over you. And he provided for you in that secret place. Some have never been there. This morning there are some people, they're worn out. You're stressed out. Some of you here depressed. Some of you are so to the place of depression that you're just numb. And I'm telling you, you need to get to that secret place where God fulfills your needs. I've had people tell me I'm done with marriage. You know what that means? That means you hadn't been to the secret place. This week there was a lady who wrote in. She said, I want to help some homeless people. I want to do good, but I'd rather it not be church related. Had enough of church. Let me tell you something. The Lord loves the New Testament church. And He's coming again for the church. It may be this morning that you're broke or financial struggles. Have you ever been to the place where you've been sheltered by the Lord? We used to sing an old song. The Lord's my rock in Him we hide a shelter in the time of storm. Another songwriter wrote this song. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. A wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock where rivers of pleasure I see. Now I love this verse. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. He taketh my burden away. He holdeth me up and I shall not be moved. He giveth me strength as my day. When clothed in His brightness, transported I rise to meet Him in clouds of the sky. His perfect salvation, His wonderful love. 
I'll shout with the millions on high. Sing it with me. He hideth my soul in the cloud of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the Tribulation, sickness, death, all of those things. But when you go to that secret place and He covers you with the shadow of the Almighty, He takes care of every need you've got. This morning, maybe you're here and the greatest need, you think the greatest need you got is if you could make a little more money. I could survive if I made a little more money. The greatest need you may have is to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe this morning you need a church home. It's a fantastic church right here. God bless. It's a wonderful church. We'd invite you to come if you're of like faith and mind. Now, if you don't believe the Bible is the Word of God, you're probably not going to be happy here. That would be the first thing you need to check. We invite you to come. Maybe this morning, though, what you need more than anything else would be to grab your wife or husband by the hand and come to this altar. Say, Lord, I remember a time when we were in that secret place. But the cares of this world have made me drift away. And this morning, Lord, I want to come back. I want to come back and I want to get in your secret place. Let me tell you something. He is the only thing that will provide for you. Amen. Nothing else will suffice. Amen. It's only Him. Father, Thank you today <laughs> for creating a place in the cleft of the rock that you provide every need we've got. I ask you, Lord Jesus, would you have your way in lives in this place today? Lord, I'm talking to folk this morning that your spirit has already brought conviction they need to be saved. I pray today would be their day of salvation. Other decisions that need to be made, Lord, would you have your way and your will in every life, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? Brother Aaron Legis, you come. Come on, these altars are open. Come on, right now. Softly
So the judges, they're going to leave here like bloated goats in a blizzard, trying all of those cobblers and that ice cream. And, uh, and then uh, during the service, we'll make known who won the awards and all that and give out the prizes. Uh, but uh, I will tell you, I, I boiled my blackberries last night, got them down, mm, I mean, just right. So you better have a good one, all I can tell you. Uh, it's going to be good. So don't miss tonight, 6 o'clock, right here. Uh, also, the ladies' Bible study, 540, uh, it's 440, uh, and then, uh, are we through, brother? We're through there, okay, okay. So, the ladies' Bible study, rest of the 6 o'clock, right here. Vacation Bible School begins tomorrow at Mason Creek Campus, and uh, pray for Allie uh, Piper, their little baby has been in the hospital, but came home yesterday, and so, she's going to make arrangements, everything's on go. So Vacation Bible School, if you've got grandkids or children or neighborhood children, you need a ride, call the church office. We'll pick them up. But it begins at 12 noon. We feed them lunch and then have Bible school. It's over at 2.30. So help us with that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It's going to be great. Then Thursday morning, Shamgar uh, is going to be meeting. That's our retired guys. They've done a lot already getting ready for the construction of the school and renovation. And uh, we'll have another great day Thursday morning. And you guys who are here for Shamgar, I was in Alabama this week, and I bought some white lily flower. Amen. I, I run out of that other. It does make a difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good homemade biscuit time with some sausages. And it's going to be good Thursday morning. And then let me just encourage you to pray for awesome August. We're going to do something a little different this year. The first night is August the 9th. It's a Monday night. What we do is we don't have church on Sunday night during August. We move it to Monday night. It begins on August the 9th. We're going to have tag team preaching from the staff to start with. All of it. We're just going to cut up have a good time. We're going to have a blast. There's going to be great music and preaching. And, and tag team preaching, if you've never done that, each preacher gets about seven minutes. So that's a miracle within itself. Amen. Seven. We're talking seven minutes. Is Barry Walton in here? She's the bell lady. 
she rings a bell, and she will ring, 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 I guarantee you. So we got seven, it's going to be good. And then the next week, Rock Collins from Tennessee is going to be here. The next week, Dr. Lloyd Scott from Fort Arthur is going to be here. And the last week, Dr. Ergen Kaner will be here. It's going to be a tremendous month here in August. You don't want to miss it. All right, let's meet some wonderful people. David and uh, uh, Patricia. Okay, David. David and Patricia. Come, come in if you want. Okay, David uh, uh, Hardy. Yeah, all right, okay, David, Hardy, and, and Patricia come. They're coming by uh, uh, statement or by baptism? What does that say? Uh, You've already been baptized, huh? Yes, sir. Okay, so you're coming by just statement, okay? All right, all right. And rededicate his life to Christ on top of all that. Amen? You receive him, amen? Okay. And then we've got Jerry, uh, John and Mary Lippincott. Okay, come if y'all would and stand right here. Both of those have been saved and baptized, come from a sister church. We'll be a part of this church. How do you receive them? Amen. Thank you. And then we've got Rob and Beth Wells and Emma. And uh, they come this morning. They've all been saved and baptized and want to follow the Lord here and become a member of Woodland Hills. And uh, how do you receive them? Rob gets to hear this same sermon about three times. I, he's over in Arabella every time I look too. So we praise the Lord. Who do you know here best? Who do y'all know? Anybody here best? Or just no, just okay. Mike, that well, Mike's in the early service. He's here. How about y'all with Ralph and Dolores? Come on down here, Ralph and Dolores. It, who, uh, David, who are you? Anybody? Nobody. Okay, Ralph and Dolores, get right in here. Come by, give them right here in Christian Fellowship. High five them, give them whatever, and uh, praise the Lord. Amen. Hadn't God been good? Amen. Stand with us this morning. Praise the Lord for His goodness. Amen. I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory to Remember Leroy, uh, worship. Uh, he's, his heart's going back into AFib. He's got an appointment coming up. So pray for Leroy. Pray for uh, 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 Peggy. <laughs> Somebody called out the wrong name. I'm trying to confuse me. Pray for Peggy as she takes care of him there. Brother Leon, would you lead us in our closing prayer, please?